following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! This, this is the Players' Lounge, broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star. Now your hosts, Barry Church, Danny McRae, and Nui Scruggs. It's Friday. Hi, everybody. This is the Players' Lounge brought to you by Hotels.com. Louis Scruggs, longtime Cowboys reporter, joined by former Cowboys defensive backs, Barry Church and Danny McCray. It is Friday, Friday, Friday. Football coming at you. High noon from AT&T Stadium. The Cleveland Browns, who were 2-1 and one, and over 500 for the first time since 2014 against the 1-2 and two Dallas Cowboys. All right, fellas, uh, how are we doing on a Friday? And mainly, McCray, we didn't talk about it this week, but how are you sleeping with the newborn? How, how are things going at the house? <laughs> let, let me tell you, the, the, the first two nights were rough. Uh, and then after that, I found out about uh, babies and how they get uh, milk drunk. So the baby has been <laughs> milk drunk for the, for, the, for the rest of the week. So she's been sleeping pretty good. We wake up maybe maybe two times throughout the night. So she's a, she's a good sleeper, so I'm enjoying it. And I also want to say, hey, look, hey, man, if you're out there and you're listening, wear your mask, all right? It's important, all right? We, 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 had, we had two issues this week. We got Kirk Cousins who don't believe in the mask, and we got another guy who went out there and did all type of crazy stuff and don't believe in the mask, and the irony is hitting them in the face. So wear, wear your mask, protect yourself, protect everybody else. Church, how we doing on a Friday? Hey, you know, you know, over here at the church household, man, we're doing amazing. Just another beautiful day out here to be right. And, um, you know, just to, just enjoying the day out here, man. <laughs> Got a little workout in. So the day has been beautiful so far, man. The day has been beautiful. All right. We are in our SWBC Mortgage Home Virtual Studios here for the next 45 minutes as we get ready for Browns and Cowboys. We will give you our predictions later on in the show. Let me give you... A, uh, the latest on the Cowboys when you're talking about the injury report here. Tyron Smith, according to Mike McCarthy, said that the left tackle, the all-decade left tackle, is on track to play. Now, what Mike McCarthy will not do is give us any idea of what the offensive line combination would look like if Tyron is there. Meaning, does Terrence Steele go back to right tackle? Zach Martin said this week that he's playing guard. So, you know, we, we've got to wait till game day to figure out what they do and you've got to have the contingency in there that if tyron smith gets hurt you know where do you go as well so gentlemen i'll start with this who should start at right tackle for the cowboys on sunday against the browns church uh for me man look at that that left tackle situation with tyron smith you know hopefully you know the you know the injury hasn't you know hampered him in any type of way but just having him over there on that left side should be a humongous upgrade for this offensive line i mean he's on that left side he's on that blind side of dak prescott so when he drops back he shouldn't have to worry about getting smacked in the back of the head um hopefully tyron's been able to hold that side down but on the right side i mean that's 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 the trouble part right now i mean Right now, I think you, you, you put Terrence Steele, um, if he's healthy in there, you put Terrence Steele at the right tackle position. Um, look, this is a guy, he's, he's, he's an undrafted rookie free agent. Um, he's going into what his fourth start um, throughout the NFL. So um, I think as he continues to play, he'll get more confidence in himself and uh, his play uh, will continue to grow. But 
Um, right now, I think that's your best option at uh, right tackle, either him or maybe Brandon Knight slides in there. But uh, for me, I'm going with Terrence Steele. Um, he's had his ups and downs, but um, he's continued to battle, and I think he'll just get better over time. Um, but what we need we, to fix that, that huge problem, we need 71 back. I mean, hopefully, you know, sooner than later, but he'd be a huge Band-Aid on this, on this offensive line as he would, if he was able to get back. But uh, for me, I got to go Terrence Steele at that right tackle position. Yeah, and I'm and I'm I'm 100% agree with Church, and I'm I'm going to say it this way: um, We hope we get Tyron back, and I hope he's healthy healthy enough to you know and play the entire game. And then when you move over to the right side, uh, I would start Terrence Steele, but I would have a very very short leash. And if it comes down to it, I, I would go back to what we did uh, last week and, and move the All Pro out there uh, to right tackle, you know, because. If you watch the Atlanta game, you see things can go go really bad really quick. So I don't think we want to get in a situation again to where we end up starting off slow because we, we're not, not able to take care of that right tackle spot. So start still out there, but have a real short leash and then go with your best lineup uh, to protect back and, and let them make those plays. Stay, stay with me there, Danny, when you talk about the short leash. Is it second quarter? Is it halftime? I mean, when do you – because what you're talking about – and making that major adjustment of putting, um, you know, putting Zach Martin out at right tackle, that means you're you're going to switch, you know, you're, you're going to switch your guard. Maybe most likely what you what you did last week, you switched your guard, center, and your tackle. So you went three spots right there. So how soon is it for Danny McRae where you're like, hey, code red, get this thing on out here. Let's make this oh. combination switch three guys. Well, I'm going this way, and, and, and I sound like a broken record by saying this. If you put Steele out there, have the game plan ready to help him out from the, from the start of the game. If you're not going to do that, right, <laughs> then, then you're already going to have an issue. But I'm going series by series. If you get to three to four series in, in the game to where it's really, really obvious that there's a problem at right tackle and the other team is taking advantage of it and focusing on that spot, then you got to make the change. You wait till halftime and you mess around and be down by 21 with a team that knows how to control the ball. You can count that as a loss. Okay, so for you, it's probably second quarter when you're talking about making. When you talk about three or four series, um, it may be second quarter when you go ahead and make that move here. So, are the offensive line issues fixable, Danny? Are they fixable? Yeah, we we, we saw them fix it. Um, you, you pay you pay guys a lot of money, and then they have to go out there and be versatile. They fixed it against Seattle, and you know, push comes to shove. That's the same thing that they'll have to do until they're able to get seventy one back and Tyron, you know, full, full, uh, fully healthy. So. They're able to fix it, and they and they can also use the game plan to help them, you know, mitigate some of those deficiencies that we have on offense due to uh, some of the injuries. But you know, they're able to do it. How dangerous can Miles Garrett be against this Cowboys offensive line? Church, I'll start with you. Man, look, I, you guys remember that, that Atlanta game a couple years back, right? When there was just a, a sack parade yes. over there. I mean, I feel like Miles Garrett has the, the ability to make that happen this week, especially if he's just solely lined up on that right side versus whoever they decide to put on that at tackle position. I mean, look, this, is, this, is, this guy, like I said the other day, he's a demon off the edge. This guy is a monster. I mean, he's second in the league in sacks. And when he gets to the quarterback, it's not just, you know, let me wrap him up, bring him down. 
let me just put him down a little nicely. No, this guy's coming to the quarterback with violence. I mean, he's looking to detach the ball away from this quarterback every single time he hits him. So for me, I mean, they got to have a game plan for him out there, whether it be like we had, you know, earlier in the season, whether it's chipping with the backs, whether it's chipping with the tight ends, something's got to happen because you do not want to let this guy just run rampant through your backfield. I mean, if he does and Dak Prescott ends up meeting him in the backfield, it's not going to be good for number four out there. So for me, I mean, this, this guy can wreck havoc. He's a game changer. We got to have a plan for this dude. And if we can't handle him at the right tackle, man, get the ball out of the hands quick. I mean, three-step, quick game, some type of screen game, or get that man Zeke rolling. But we got to figure out some type of plan. We can't just let uh, Miles Garrett go out there and tee off on Dak Prescott. If we go back there and we're throwing the ball 50 sometimes like we've had before in, in games past, I mean, that, that feeds right up into Miles Garrett's territory, and that's what he that's what he wants. He wants the ability to just rush the passer um, down in and down out. So for me, we got to have a plan, but this guy can be, he can be hell coming off that edge. Yes, uh, same for me, but you know, I'm going back to coaching on this one and, and you watch the film and you, and you know what type of problems you have on the offensive line. I think the best option that you have is to take a page out of the Rams playbook. You know, a sh short game, start off with a short game, start off with running and then open up some of those deep passes. But you have to, you have to frustrate these guys, right? The, the D-line, they, they want to rush the passer. If they don't have time to do that and, and, and they, you continue that throughout the whole game, these guys will get frustrated and you'll be able to do some things, you know, deep, deeper down the field as you move on through the game. But you have to start with the short game and, and the running game in order to slow this pass rush down. So I think that's their best bet. Church, I'll go back to something you said, and, and you spoke about the Atlanta game a couple of years ago in which Chaz Green started out there, and they left Chaz Green all alone, and he kept getting beat um, by, by Adrian Claiborne, and then they put uh, Byron Bell out there, and the same thing happened. Uh, this is a different coaching staff, and the Cowboys were married to just leaving their tackles out there without any help under the previous regime. To me, last week gave me the hope that we'll never see anything like Atlanta again because they're willing to make the changes and then they even practice it during the week about the offensive line combinations and so that that's where for me I just I just throw that out there because those guys those guys are going it's a different philosophy by the way uh, Adrian Claiborne uh, is with the Cleveland Browns by the way but he's out this week. <laughs> <laughs> so, so there's some hope right there uh, these are the guys that are currently out for the Cleveland Browns. Greedy Williams is out with a shoulder. Adrian Claiborne out with a hip. And Tay Davis out with an elbow. Now, questionable for the Browns as they play the Cowboys on Sunday. Guard Joel Batonio with a back. Uh, running back Kareem Hunt with a groin. He missed two practices, by the way. So he had practice all week long. Nick Harris with an illness. Jacob Phillips with a knee. Olivier Vernon with an abdomen. And Denzel Ward, their excellent corner, with a groin. Those gentlemen are all questionable for this football game. Waiting on the Cowboys report here. We should probably get that maybe top of the hour about um, uh, who, who's, who's out. I don't anticipate anyone out. Tank Lawrence would be the only person I can anticipate being out, and I think that also would be a game-time decision. Um, he's probably going to play. That was the most, just looking at my notes here, that's the most that Mike McCarthy would give the, 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 the Texas media when we were asking him about, like, hey, what's going on here? He's, he, he's a very secretive guy. He's a hockey coach. I mean, hockey coaches give you nothing. <laughs> and that's, that's what Mike McCarthy is, man. He's a hockey coach giving you nothing at all. But I'll say this, and you guys know this better than me because you've played in this league. Knowing that Tank Lawrence has an injury and he played limitedly last week, I'm imagining it's probably going to be the same thing, uh, that he'll be limited this week if he does play. Your thoughts on him, McCray? 
Yeah, I, I think I think he'll be playing. Uh, I, I'm not sure how limited he'll be. I think that'll be you know based on the flow of the game. Uh, if if we're able to get these guys down and, and and we just need our best pass rushers out there, I think that he'll play a little bit more. But if if the game is kind of one of those flows where it's going back and forth, I think that we'll use him. You know, in, in spot situations to where to where we need him the most, and he won't be playing. You know, sixty and seventy snaps. Look, I, I just know one thing, man. It, he, I mean, in, injury or not, he, he, he got to show up. He got to show up, man. And, and, you know, hopefully they get him in, you know, a limited basis, maybe just a, a pass rush situations, maybe third downs or whatever. But he, he's got to show up if he's on that field. I mean, you know, we, we like to say, you know, if, um, if you're a player, you know, injuries, they, they might hamper you here and there. But nobody really cares once you're on that field. So uh, I'm going to need him to step it up. Take a page out of Alden Smith book because uh, for some reason he's the only one that, you know, has this thing figured out right now. So he needs to step it up because, like I said before, we can't have two years back to back where he's not our best pass rusher. I mean, this, I think this defense rides on how, how he can be that spark and how he can be that engine. And uh, we need him to be that or it's going to be a long day yeah. in Dallas with Cleveland coming in. Okay, so Barry, here, here's here's my thought on that. I, I hear you on Tank Lawrence. You know, you're making the highest. You got got paid the highest contract ever in Cowboy history. You want to see some production, but since he's not a hundred percent, I'm looking at this as if I'm Everson Griffin. I'm on a one-year deal. This is my opportunity out here to start to start balling and trying to make a difference because I'm trying to get paid. I mean, Robert Quinn did an excellent job last year making sure he got paid. So you got Alden Smith who's leading the NFL in sacks with four. So if you're Cleveland, you're going to try and make sure that you get some pressure over there. So you've got a left tackle in Jedrick Willis, who's a, a rookie. So if you're Alden Smith, you're trying to, you know, you're trying to get over there and get at him. So if I'm Everson Griffin, man, I'm trying to sit up here and beat Jack Conklin and, and, and do what I can to get my numbers up. Because that's one thing we've seen dudes on, on you know, you guys been there, dudes in the final year of a contract, man, you're trying to make sure you get those opportunities <laughs> and get those numbers up because you want to take numbers to the market. And Lord knows they are already saying the salary cap is going down. So that means there's going to be limited funds. So if you're Everson Griffin and you want a contract, you got to bring some big numbers to the market here. Uh, and he's going to have to, but I mean, that, that's all great to say on paper, but I mean, what have we seen him do lately this season? I mean, we, you know, we want him to go out there and ball out and be that Everson Griffin that we saw in Minnesota, but for the first three weeks, I mean, we haven't really seen much. So it's good to say, yeah, we, this is Everson Griffin's chance to go out there and ball out and be a difference maker, but I've yet to see that. So until I see something, I'm telling D-Law, hey, you got to step it up and you got to be that man because outside of Alden Smith, nobody else is stepping up. You, you, you know, with that... I'll defend Griffin again from this standpoint. We've already seen Tank and Griffin say, look, man, we're not feeling this defense. <laughs> this is not what we do. Put me down. Let me put, my hand, let, me put my hand, let me put my hand down and go. I'm just saying, this is, this is what these two guys have told us so far. That's all. That's all. I mean, you're getting paid million. You're getting paid millions and millions of dollars. I mean, it, does, it shouldn't matter. We don't. We're not feeling this defense. I mean, y'all got to go out there and perform. I mean, Alden Smith. He, he came in here after five years of missing games, and he's performing great. I mean, you got to figure out a way. It's not. But he can't knows just the all defense. put it on the scheme. We got to. We can't just all put it on the scheme. But Barry, he's played this scheme before. He knows. He knows what he's doing in this scheme. These other two guys don't. So I go back to something that Mike McCarthy said when he got here as a head coach. He's like, it's players over scheme. That you got to look at your players, do what your players do best, and adjust your scheme. So I'm just, just based on what Mike McCarthy said, Barry. That's what I'm saying. And so what are your what are your two defensive ends telling you out the gate? Hey, man, this isn't what we're not feeling. What's going on here? It's truly not allowing us to do what we do. 
Just so, I'm with, so I'm so with church on this. Go ahead, go ahead, Danny. Go ahead, go ahead. I, 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 I'm absolutely with church on this, but to, 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 to the point of the defensive linemen who are struggling, listen, bro, you're making $100 million. If you don't want to uh, take off out of a two-point stance, put your hand in the ground. Exactly. I want to see him and Everson Griffin do what they're best at. This is the same thing that we've been we, we've been echoing the whole the whole year. Let the players do what they're best at and what it has made them productive. Demarcus De- 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 Lawrence rushing out of two-point stand didn't make him productive. He's never been productive. He's never done that. So put your hand in the ground. You make a hundred mil. I would be like, hey, bro, I'm not doing that. I'm gonna go out here and do and do what I do best and make these plays. And I think that's what him and Everson Griffin need to do. I don't want to see either one of them rushing out of a two-point stand because that is not what they're best at. And, and look, it's oh. not like we're asking these. It's not like we're asking these dudes to go ahead and drop back in coverage and and you know have man to man on the tight end while also rushing the passer. I mean, we're not. We're asking these guys to rush the passer, and that's what they've been in this league for years doing. They should know how to do that scheme or not. That, I mean, that's all I got to say about that. I just feel like, I mean, the excuses are out the gate. We need to step it up on the defensive line. Period. Okay. All right. That, that's good. This is good. This is this is why we do this, man. This is why we have the back and forth. <laughs> um, Ezekiel Elliott, will he bounce back this week? Also, it is an early game for the Cowboys on Sunday. Starts at noon. And that's when you're in that, when, when you're getting ready for the game, you're in that kind of brunch mode. You're going to have breakfast. You're going to have lunch. <laughs> you know? So, so we're going to go over our top five breakfast items because personally, to get ready for the game, I want to have some breakfast. So we'll dive into that, have some fun next. You're listening to the Players Lounge brought to you by Hotels.com right here on DallasCowboys.com radio. Hey there, Cowboys fans. With Tide Cleaners at home pickup and delivery, cleaning your clothes has never been more convenient. Simply sign up at your local store, set out your dirty clothes, and one of our Tide Cleaners professionals will come directly to your home for a totally contactless experience. Your clean garments will be returned promptly the next scheduled delivery day, so skip the errand and enjoy life, not laundry. Visit TideCleaners.com or your local store to sign up for Tide Cleaners at home pickup and delivery today. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears, okay? Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. Essilor is a proud sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys, helping fans see more and do more with our best vision solutions. Our lens technologies reveal a world more beautiful than you can imagine. For a limited time, get the Essilor Next Gen offer. When you buy the latest generation of Transitions lenses with select Essilor lenses, you can choose a second pair of clear lenses for free with qualifying frame purchases. Restrictions apply. Find a participating eye care professional by visiting EssilorUSA.com. Essilor. See more. Do more. To the Players Lounge. 
Celebrating styles and designs worn by players and coaches over the last 60 years, the Dallas Cowboys Pro Shop introduces the new era 1960 headwear collection. Find your assortment at your nearest Cowboys Pro Shop and shop.com, dallascowboys.com. All right, so check them out there. Uh, Cowboys put their practice report out. So today, the three guys who were on it all week long, uh, Trey Diggs, Tank Lawrence, and Tyron Smith, they had all three as limited for practice on Friday. So what Mike McCarthy told us, uh, Tank Lawrence and Tyron Smith uh, were both pretty much on track to play. Uh, Tyron Smith, from what the way McCarthy put it, um, expect him to start at left tackle for the Cowboys on Sunday. And with Tank Lawrence, I think that uh, he should probably be there where he was last week against Seattle, but be limited. So that's the latest we have there. You're in the Players' Lounge. We do it Monday through Friday at 2.30 right here on DallasCowboys.com. I'm Newey Scruggs, longtime Cowboys reporter, joined by Cowboys, former Cowboys safeties, Danny McCray and Barry Church. All right, gentlemen, it is a noon kickoff. So... Um, for me, on the media side, that means you want to get there at about no later than 1030. Um, and we'd get there earlier uh, if it was still 100% full capacity. It's not because of COVID-19. So about 1030, I'm getting there, which means I still want breakfast. Um, so you guys played. What did you guys like? What were your top five breakfast items as you guys got ready for a 12 o'clock kickoff? You got it, D-Max. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, let, oh, let me tell you something. I, listen, I don't. Before the game, for me, you know, I would go in, and, and the breakfast on game day does not equal what I really like to eat for breakfast. All right, so I, I'll say I had, you know, uh, maybe a scoop of eggs and a piece of bacon because I didn't like to eat before the games. It just didn't sit right with me. So I'm gonna go with my regular breakfast menu, which always has to be something like chicken and waffles. I need the scrambled <laughs> eggs. And I also order a side of bacon, and I got a lot of honey and syrup. All right, and then give me give me a tall cup of a uh, cup of orange juice, a mimosa if I'm feeling real good. But that's where I'm at with it. <laughs> <laughs> so you're a ch chicken and waffles guy. So where where do you go get chicken and waffles here in, in, in Dallas Fort Worth? Do you, you got a spot? Yeah, um, uh, Whistle Bridges. Uh, they 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 have they have some uh, good chicken and waffles up there. They have one in Addison, and they have one out here uh, in Plano. What's it called again? Whistle Britches. Okay. All right. Never heard of them. All right. Okay. Yeah, they got they, they got some good stuff, man. Check it out. Okay. All right. Church. All right. I'm about to church. check that out, me, man. Give me, your, give, me your, give me your top five, church. <laughs> top five breakfast. All right. Well, definitely. Um, well, first off, man, I, I, I used to hate, hate noon games, man, especially when it came to eating breakfast because, I mean, you had to get, if you, if you took the early bus, which left usually around, you know, probably around 8 30 9 o'clock just to get to the stadium so you're there pretty early and uh the, the breakfast they have out there is like danny said it's kind of a smorgasbord of a whole bunch of things i mean sometimes they have the pasta from last night out there and the chicken from last <laughs> night i mean it's just some things are just you know it's kind of weird down there in the mornings but uh, for me i never like to to eat heavy because i felt like man at, around that second quarter second uh third quarter uh, it would start to weigh on me and i'd have to you know i have to go to the bathroom and i don't want to miss any plays or nothing like that <laughs> So uh, for me, 
I had the scrambled eggs with cheese, scrambled eggs with cheese, but you know, the cheese probably wasn't a good, a good choice. Cause I mean, even if I <laughs> ate light, I used to always have to go to the bathroom. So cheese wasn't a good choice, but I used to throw the, the, the cheddar cheese on top of the scrambled eggs, um, get me a side of bacon on there. Um, and if I'm feeling, if I'm feeling good, if I'm feeling light, I might throw a, throw a pancake on there, but, um, that's, that's my usual go-to before noon games. Like I said, I hated doing it, but I needed some type of substance before that game. And, um, Hey, I mean, nine times out of ten, it it was it, it wasn't gonna last long. Hey, you, you don't put ketchup on your eggs, do you? Oh, I love it. You got You got to smother them. Is this, so you put cheese, oh, you put cheese no. and ketchup on your eggs. That oh, is disgusting. Yes, yes. That that is, is, I, I remember seeing that on your what? plate, and I was like, "That's that's what's wrong with you, bro. That's too much. What? Y'all don't <laughs> like the ketchup wrong. on the eggs? I thought everybody did this. That's crazy. No, nah, that's, that's some up north stuff. That's some up north stuff right there, bro. What? That's nasty. You nasty. Now, catch up <laughs> on the... Man. Nui, now, Nui, Nui where are you from? Nui, you from down south? Yeah, so here's here's what I started doing. Uh, all right, all right. Um, my, my dad got stationed um, here in Fort Hood in the 70s, and that is when I discovered uh, salsa in Lo Pico de Gallo. So... I have a affinity to put that on my eggs, especially my if I love a good, good breakfast taco. So I, I like to put some salsa on my on my eggs, and that's that that's as, that's as far as I go, man. I'm not doing any ketchup. <laughs> man, I can't and believe cheese. y'all mess with the ketchup. I can't believe y'all mess with that ketchup and cheese yourself, on there. You buy yourself. On Ooh, that. man, y'all missing out, man. Y'all missing out. No, no, no. no. no I'm good. You, you, you can have it. So, so here, here my top five. Here my top five breakfast items. So, I, I, bacon is number one, man. I love some good bacon. It's a um, must. I'm into the, into the eggs. Um, because I am from down south, I like some biscuits, man. I mean, give me some good biscuits, man. And and, and you know, good biscuit, man. Some, some put some. You can make a bacon and you know, with the bacon and eggs on there. That's good stuff. Uh, Captain Crunch. If I'm in the cereal mode. Captain oh yes. Undefeated, baby. You can't go wrong with Captain Crunch. And, uh, and number five for me is hash browns. If you can get some good hash browns, man, with that bacon and those eggs, woo! I used to live at the Waffle House back in the day because it was cheap. <laughs> yeah, because Waffle House was cheap, <laughs> and, and and when I was on those early paychecks, man, I could afford it. So I love to get some. I love. I still love some good hash browns. So uh, you know, give me those five breakfast items. And and I ask that and we bring this up because the Cowboys <laughs> kick at noon. So a lot of folks, as they get ready for these games, are doing those those breakfast items. And you know, for me, man, a good breakfast taco. And uh, especially a good brisket, man. If you get a good br brisket breakfast egg taco with some cheese on there, a little bit of salsa, man, get yourself ready for the game and get, get ready for kickoff, man. That's uh, that's good stuff right there now. No, they, they disrespectful at the Waffle House, bro. I don't know, bro. That's the only person, the only place I know where they will cook your food without gloves on or nothing right in front of your face. <laughs> like, they don't even try to hide it. I, I you know, I, like, I ate it before, but it's, it's, it's not my place of choice. <laughs> oh, man. Now... Now, see, and here's a question: Is this pre or post COVID? You know, when you know, I mean, is this pre COVID or after COVID? You talking? 
I don't, I, listen, this is I, I, listen. This is this is pre-COVID. I don't. I don't want. Listen, if you're gonna do it, go go, go in the back of the kitchen. They just be slopping all type of stuff. He peel the cheese off with his hand and throw it on the grill or the bake. I'm like, bro, what you doing? That's my food. <laughs> and then they go to the cash register. They punch it in, punch it in stuff on the cash register. Then go right back to the grill. I'm like, bro, oh, man. <laughs> y'all got too much going I, I on over okay, here, man. Touching okay, tickets. <laughs> I'm just gonna say this. I don't know where you're going for your where yours is. Mine is. is I don't have those issues. The people who okay. are on the grill are not uh, the so, so, so I'm just gonna oh, simply put man. it in that fashion here. I don't know where you are going. I've seen it in multiple in different cities, multiple okay, cities, I, multiple okay. locations. All right. Okay. As, as a, I'm just gonna say, for me, I haven't had those issues, and since COVID has happened. Uh, I I have a spot that that I go to and and I've and I, it's all gloves so it's all good so anyway I'm just saying uh, I, I I'm sorry for your experience mine has been a little bit different okay so I'm gonna leave it leave it right there as you sit here messing with uh, the southern no. state southern That's, staple of society here no listen um, Nui t- listen don't, don't don't get me wrong two thirty in the morning after I leave a, a nice fine establishment where I was listening to some good music. I'll pull up to Waffle House. I'm just saying, my uh, of choice, I'm not going. I, I have to be in that state of mind, you know, leave, leaving one of those establishments for me to go to the Waffle House. Oh, okay. Mm. okay. I don't know. All right. Mm. Uh, no, so also, it's proximity to the house. I mean, if I was still living in Austin, I had a couple spots in Austin that I absolutely love. Uh, if I was covering Texas and TCU this weekend down in Austin, I'd, I'd hit up my little breakfast spots. But unfortunately, I don't have those spots available here to me uh by the way thursday night football i don't know if you guys watched it uh i watched it it was horrible on my eyes and i'm trying to figure out <laughs> mm-hmm. and understand how did the cowboys lose to adam gates and the jets last year H- how that's the thing i kept sitting on my mind watching the jets. Oh, how, how in the world yeah. did that happen yeah. last year are we going there is that where we're going we're gonna bring it. We ain't gonna bring because this is gonna lead to Garrett talk. I already know what this is gonna lead yeah, to. Yeah, that's what he's gonna going. Lead to I, talk. I'm not no, gonna let it happen, no, but no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about Adam Gase and Greg Williams. And and I loved at the end when Vic Fangio ran off the field. It's like, I'm not shaking, I'm not shaking Adam Gase's hands for how you guys ended this game. So it's not about Jason. I just wonder because Scooter Magruder also put out the tweet, which made me think as well, yes, you are right, Scooter. How did this happen? But yes, so so no, I'm not going into the, the people who are people who are not here anymore. I just made me wonder about last year. So there, there look, I'll, look, I'll say one thing. I'll say one thing about this that game yesterday. Both of them teams are downright terrible, but I didn't know Sam Darnold had wheels like that. I mean, did y'all see the, the, some of the scrambles he was having out there? I mean, he made a couple of them safeties look crazy out there, and then he rushed for like a 63-yard touchdown. I, look, personally, I didn't. The game was terrible. Both side, both teams suck, but I didn't know Sam Darnold had wheels like that, man. He's he's, he's kind of athletic. I, I missed that because I saw people talking about it on Twitter. Then I turned the game on, and the only replay I saw was him making himself fall when somebody was, uh, I think Chubb was rushing to him. And I was like, and I turned it right off after that. I was like, why, why, why did I let anybody fool me into turning on the Jets versus the Broncos? <laughs> I will tell you oh, this, that, that I, I feel bad for Sam Darnold because it's clear uh, the head coach has not made him better. I've seen Sam play, um, you know, watching USC football. And, and this kid right now is not the player he was. They're not helping him. And he just he's an inconsistent player. 
And one of the things that most likely can happen is, is the Jets, you know, sitting here with this awful record, they may end up with the number one pick in the draft. Mm. And so you got a lot of people saying, okay, they're they going to take Trevor Lawrence or maybe they'll take Justin Fields, take a quarterback. And if I'm Sam Darnold, I'm rooting for that. Get rid of me. If that's what I'm, th- if I'm Sam Darnold, like, get me out of here. Let me move on along. Because we saw what happened to Ryan Tannehill when, once he got away from Adam Gates. Guy goes out to Tennessee, resurrects his career, and now the guy signed you know, a huge, huge contract in the offseason here. I think Adam Gates is a bad football coach who is riding around, living off Peyton Manning's recommendation. And I'm sorry. By the time Adam Gates was working with Peyton Manning in Denver, Peyton was already a Super Bowl winning quarterback. And everybody knows that when Peyton Manning went to Denver, they did what he wanted to do. He was running practices. So it wasn't like Adam Gates was coming up anything creative. He was just doing what Peyton Manning wanted to do. And this man has prolonged this into two jobs. I mean, he was bad at Miami, and you saw what happened to dudes once they got got out of Miami, and now this guy's with the Jets, and that, this is a rudderless ship, and this is a bad football team, and I feel bad for Sam Donald. So people talk about Trevor Lawrence, fine. Trevor Lawrence, you go out there and ruin your career in New York, and if you're Sam Donald, <laughs> Listen, escape, escape from New York. If, I, if, I'm, if I'm Trevor Lawrence and, 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 the, and the football season ends and Adam Gates is still the coach, I'm thinking about coming back for another year. <laughs> you're not gonna, pay, I'm not gonna put me up there in New York, man. The history of the quarterback, you know, for recently has just not been good. I don't want to go there. It's just to me, it's just it's just crazy how you know Adam Gase can continue to get job after job after job, but you know a guy like the enemy down in, in Kansas City who's doing remarkable things down there with Mahomes and those guys. I mean, he seems like he's just stuck in that offensive coordinator job. I mean, I mean, what you think about that? I mean, because I feel like you know Gase just continues to get these jobs. Adam Gase is not going to be the head coach of the New York Jets next year. Okay, that, that's just not, it's just not going to happen. It's not sustainable. And with NFL owners really pushing to try and get fans in next year, I mean, all all leagues. Okay, Gary Bettman has talked about it, and in, in the NHL, and so's Adam Silver in the NBA. I mean, everyone is hoping that in 2021 that they can get fans into the stands. Right now in New York, there's no fans allowed. Um, there's no way they can sell tickets to Jet customers if Adam Gase is remaining the head coach. So this is it. So if you're Trevor Lawrence, your hope is that somebody comes in like an Eric Bieniemy, somebody who who is going to uh, who, who's going to help you as a quarterback. And we've seen what Eric Bieniemy has been able to do with Patrick Mahomes. They won an MVP together. They've won a Super Bowl together. So that that's your hope. And I'll say this. I think Eric Bieniemy will get a job, and one of the things that will help a guy like Eric Bieniemy is going to be—it's going to be the gift and the curse. You're going to get a job, but your contract is not going to be real great because nobody's trying to pay. They're going to have to pay off Adam Gase with the Jets, and we, what we've seen the past couple of years is the Jets aren't—they they ain't spending a whole lot of money. So I could see Eric Bieniemy getting the job, but personally. I would hope Eric Bieniemy went to a better situation than the New York Jets because from the ownership on down, they have a lot of problems, and there's no talent there. I mean, if you watched the game last night, you just mm-hmm. there's no talent with the Jets. So whoever the quarterback is, man, it's going to be rough. It'll be as rough as when Aikman got to the Cowboys in 1989 where there was just no help around you. And, and that, that, that's bad. But Adam Gase overall is an awful coach. He's not going to be there. I do believe Eric Bieniemy gets a job next year. Your hope is that he takes a good job. And that, that, that truly, truly is the whole thing, man. You got to hope you get with good ownership and you take and you get a good job. Because if you're just a coach and they don't allow you to pick your staff, and that's one of the biggest issues I have with coaching, is now you got these GMs who want to go ahead and pick the staff. Now, here's how bad the Jets are. They wanted Matt Rule, who was coaching at Baylor. 
but they told Matt Rule that you had to take Greg Williams as your defensive coordinator and Adam Gates the offensive coordinator. Matt Rule said, nah, I'm good. I'll stay at Baylor. So he stayed at Baylor, had a great year. Now he's the head coach with the Carolina Panthers, and he's in control of the roster. He's got a better job, and we see the Jets are where they are. So if you're Eric Bieniemy, if somebody's not going to allow you to be the head coach where you have final say on the on the 53-man roster and you could be a part of the, the process of selecting players, don't take the job, man. Do not take the job because you will be ruined in that fashion if you go that route, in my opinion. Good point. So good point. was there an uproar with Bieniemy not getting the job in Cleveland? Was he up for that job? They interviewed him. Um, they interviewed him. I, I can't. I, you know, off the top of my head, I don't really remember what what the reaction was up there at all. But uh, Andrew Barry, who's running things now, Andrew Barry, um, who actually I know his dad. I know his dad, Drew. Uh, good guy. But um, that, that I, I had no issues with what they did with Kevin Stefanski. Uh, I think you look three games into this thing. Kevin Stefanski has at least brought a, a blueprint to the team. And you see what they are now. They're running the football. I think they realize that Baker Mayfield's not some guy that needs to be dropping back 30 times a game, and they're trying to protect him. So I have no issues with Kevin Stefanski getting, getting that job. And also, I'm one of those guys who, for Eric Bieniemy, like, dude, you don't want to go there. Look at the – it's, it's you know, between the GMs and the head coach, man. This is just not a spot you want to go to. So to me, if you, if you can't get a good job, you're Eric Bieniemy, what's wrong with going back to Kansas City? You know, wait and get yourself yeah, a good right. job. They're – they're going to be jobs open. You know, the, the Atlanta's going to be open. The Jets will be open. We know that. Okay, there are two jobs going to be open right there. <laughs> and if you're, if you're Eric, if you're Eric Atlanta's Kennedy, the spot. Exactly. Atlanta, Atlanta's the spot for you. That's a good, a good spot. Hey, we got to take a break here. Let's get back into the Cowboys and Ezekiel Elliott. Can he have a bounce back game as they get ready to face the Cleveland Browns high noon at AT&T Stadium? I'm Newey Scruggs. It's Barry Church, Danny McCray. This is the Players' Lounge brought to you by Hotels.com on DallasCowboys.com radio. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson Hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. Your new apartment's big. Such a great deal. Uh, it's okay. Just okay? What's not too... Right above the subway! Well, I bet you don't even notice it after the... That's my neighbor! Angus. A deal that's just okay is not okay. Get a great deal with America's best network. Come into an AT&T store to find out how to get one of our popular smartphones for $0 down. Based on GWS1 score September 2019. To Dallas' frontline responders, thank you. To show its gratitude, Tide is offering free laundry services in Dallas to the families of frontline responders. Simply bring your laundry and your identification to Tide Cleaners and they will wash it within two days. One thing less for you to worry about. While you take care of us all, Tide will take care of the laundry for the families of frontline responders. To learn more and find a location near you, visit hope.tidecleaners.com. 
Essilor is a proud sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys, helping fans see more and do more with our best vision solutions. Our lens technologies reveal a world more beautiful than you can imagine. For a limited time, get the Essilor Next Gen offer. When you buy the latest generation of Transitions lenses with select Essilor lenses, you can choose a second pair of clear lenses for free with qualifying frame purchases. Restrictions apply. Find a participating eye care professional by visiting EssilorUSA.com. Essilor. See more. Do more. To the Players' Lounge. AT&T Stadium, home of the Cowboys. You can tour it, run on the field, see the locker rooms, and so much more. AT&T Stadium tours presented by SeatGeek are available daily. Visit at for details. You are in the Players' Lounge. Brought to you by Hotels.com. I'm Newey Scruggs, longtime Cowboys reporter. Joined by former Cowboys safeties. Danny McCray and Barry Church. All right, fellas. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott only had 14 carries against the Seattle Seahawks, and even worse, he only had five carries in the second half. So, gentlemen, is this a bounce-back game for Ezekiel Elliott? And I really shouldn't even say bounce-back game. Should I say? I should put it this way: Will Kellen Moore give this guy more opportunities? <laughs> you, you listen. You, you took the words out of my mouth. That's exactly what I was about to say. That is not up to Zeke. That is up to the play caller. And based on, and I, like I said, I only have to go, you know, based off what I've seen. And I'm really not sure, um, you know, because I don't know the identity, the identity of our offense and we'll come out and try to pass or run. So to me, that's up in the air. I hope that he gets 20 something carries and that only throws the ball about 25 to 30 times. That, that, that's my hope and, and dream and wish for the Cowboys. But, you know, I don't have any confidence that Keller Moore will, will, will turn the playbook into to focusing on Zeke. Uh, for me, look, like you said, I mean, you, you made the perfect point. I think it, it comes down to what Keller Moore decides to do as a play caller, um, especially going against the offense that we're going against in the Browns. We know they're going to run the rock and they're going to have a lot of time of possession. So um, for us, we're going to have, you know, minimal chances to, to strike on offense. And I think um, for us to do that, we're going to have to, you know, run the ball with Zeke. I mean, if, if, if Keller Moore allows him to get his, you know, 20 plus carries and uh, ground this, this, this uh, Cleveland Browns defense down, um, I think, you know, he'll be, he'll have a bounce back game. He'll be able to go out there and do what he does best. And that's run and pound the ball down these opponents throats. So uh, for me, it all comes down to what Keller Moore decides to do. Um, if he does that same thing he did last week with the six straight passes, I mean, we're going to be in for a long ride because, I mean, that, that just brings Miles Garrett into the situation, and we don't want to do that, man. So we want to frustrate him as much as possible, and to do that, you got to give the ball to Zeke. And um, hopefully they give it to him 20-plus, and he's able to have that bounce-back game that we all need as a, a Dallas Cowboys fans. And for any of you folks out there who, who want to who – fancy yourselves with some analytics guys trying to say that, well, the game script dictated that they couldn't run the ball because they were behind. They were behind the Atlanta Falcons 29-10 to at the halftime and in the second half. Zeke Elliott had 10 carries in that football game. They helped use the run game to get themselves back into the football game. They did not do that against Seattle. So giving Zeke the football in the second half 10 times against Atlanta worked, five times against Seattle did not. Let's make our predictions for this football game. Barry Church, I'm going to start with you. Who you got? Oh, you, you decided to start with Nostradamus. So, right. I mean, uh, I, you know, I'll, I'll go ahead and set the bar for y'all. I mean, I, I know what I know y'all y'all you feed off of what I have. So for this one, I'm saying it's a run heavy contest on both sides of the ball. Time of possession. It's going to be a quick game for me. And um, so with that being said, I got to score 17, 14 Dallas 
Um, they get a late field goal from Greg DeLeg to push them over the top. But for me, it comes down to the running games. And I think it'll be a low-scoring 17-14 Cowboys. Okay, all right, all right, all right. Listen, I, I have been so low on Baker Mayfield, and that is not going to change this time. I see us going 30, uh, 30, 31 to 17 Cowboys. I think I think we track it. we score some points on these guys. And even though we're not able to stop the run, I think we 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 caused Baker Mayfield to make some some serious serious uh mistakes and we get possibly one turnover and the defense shows up just a little bit better than they did against uh Seattle. So I see us with a 14 point win. Ooh, All right. Okay. Um Church, Church, I'm going to just give you a couple stats here. That's why I think your prediction is a little bit low. Uh, through the first three okay. weeks, NFL, NFL teams are averaging 25.5 points a game and 369 yards a contest. That's the highest since 1970. So we're seeing a scoring output. And Danny and I are basically right there together. I'm going Cowboys 31, Cleveland 24. I think the Cowboys uh, end up. Uh, dominating this game with Cleveland scoring some some good old fantasy football garbage points at the end. But I think the Cowboys realize and know this is the first of three home games in a row. They've got to get out here and take control of this. and, And they can't keep talking about correcting mistakes and fixing things. We heard that in the second half of last season, and we saw it where it got the Cowboys. No more talk. It is about doing. As Yoda once said, um, there is no try. No, do or do not. There is no try. And, and that's where they got to go here. Um, and by the way, speaking of, uh, of try, uh, I, I want to amend my NBA pick because we have some. Oh, no. Absolutely not. Absolutely oh, not. No, no, no. Bam out of Bayou will not play tonight against the Lakers. So Bam out of Bayou with a shoulder is out. Uh, we got Goran Dragic with a, with a plantar fasciitis tear. Uh, Jimmy Butler out. Yeah, man, it's not, it's not happening for the Heat. So. Just saying, it's not happening for the Heat right nah, now. Nah, you got to you you, you got to sit with that one. You you can conceive, yeah, man. You can conceive, you can conceive, but you you're not switching up your not, your, your I mean, pick. We so, we gave you opportunities just, yesterday, man, and, and you bailed on it. Went, you stayed man. strong. It's just not, that's, that's, that's not the pre- that's not the pre- that's not the precedent we want to set, bro. Because after this, you'll be calling us at halftime trying to switch your pick for uh, for the Cowboys game. Nah, you, no, you got to exactly. sit. With, you got to sit with this one. <laughs> The Cowboy game pick is on video. I got that on video, so I already, I already posted that on Twitter. Uh, another NFL note, the Titans have more COVID cases coming out, testing positive, according to Adam Schefter. So that Titans-Steelers game is now going to be week seven, October 25th. And then the Pittsburgh-Baltimore game will be week number eight, November 1st. So uh, adjust your fantasy football lineups accordingly. I have uh, James Conner, and I have to sit James, unfortunately, this weekend. And uh, see what else I got. It means I got to run out Joe Mixon. Yay, Joe Mixon. Real, real quick, though. Real quick. Real quick. Real yeah. quick. How how mad? Because because the reports are you know saying that it started from a practice squad player on Tennessee. How mad would you be if you if if, the, if your next two or three games are postponed because of somebody on the practice squad just you know decided to mess up and go get COVID? Like how how upset would that make you? <laughs> Okay, so do they get do they get paid? Do they get paid if they don't play in like if COVID situation? Are they getting paid for this game still? 
Well, they're still playing the game. It's just basically so they're on a bye week now. So so that's where they're sitting at here. And, it, and now this practice roster, unlike when you were playing, Barry, this practice squad roster has a bunch of veterans. So we say practice squad. That's play, true. It, that is know, so true. So we don't really know. Is this some rookie we're talking about or is it one of these veterans? Because a bunch of these things are full of veterans here. So so I, I, I got to know who the player is. But, you know, look, we saw the Raiders out here this week, you know, just – Forget all social distancing policies. Wow. You know, so, so I, you know, I, I, I'm just going to be careful about trying to point the finger at people. Who, you know, you know, how, you know, we, you know, we don't necessarily know how they got COVID. Um, and you could, you know, you could get it just by being at home with someone and somebody else. I mean, so that's why I, I'm, I'm not ready to point fingers until I know a bit more. Now, if we find out, hey, this player was, you know, frequenting bars or was out, then, yeah, you can say some stuff. But I don't know, man. And this right now in this day and age, man, I'd be very careful about just trying to point the finger and at now, someone to say you. And now you got and now they're going, what, 13 straight weeks with no bye week now? I mean, because this, this is considered their bye week, I'm assuming. So now you got 13 straight weeks with no bye week. I mean, I, I'd be salty, man. That's a long season without no break. I'm telling you. Keep, but, uh, keep, but keep no. Church. Oh. Go ahead. Go ahead, Dan. No, no, Danny, go. go now, ahead. now I'm, I'm on a different topic. I'm just saying, keep keep note that three weeks in, we've had the Raiders out here tripping. We've had a practice squad players possibly go out and, and, and be tripping. And then we have the coaches who are the NFL is starting to suspend them because they don't want to wear their mask on the sideline. So this is three weeks and we got three th- three things already going on. So, you know, we got another <laughs> another 14 weeks to see see how this thing pans out. And Danny, you you went right where I was getting ready to go here. Uh, We're going to see more things happen because we're getting ready to go into flu, uh, cold and flu season. And you're already seeing medical experts say this. So, look, I I anticipate the NFL will end up where we saw uh, baseball, where we saw hockey and and where we we saw the NBA. We'll probably see the season um, have to be pushed out. I do not expect the NFL to finish, you know, th- this this season in the fact, you know, the way they've laid it all out. I think we're going to have to see it extended. And if it takes that long to play out the season, that's fine. But uh, I just think that the Steelers, you know, the way this thing has worked out for the Steelers and Titans, you know, that that's fine. But I just think down the road we're going to see more of this, and they have to they have to know this is going to happen. It's not they're not going to be the only team that gets affected by this. So. It, it, you know, this truly is what it is, and unless you're in a bubble, which they're not, it's good. It's going to happen, and hopefully, we'll see. I mean, college football, you know, they're dealing with some of the same stuff. Look how many games we're seeing postponed in college football. So, the NFL, while it can handle its business a little bit better than college football, we're going to see more stuff, and just have to see how they handle it and how your fantasy rosters get jacked around as you have to go deep looking for mm-hmm. people to plug in there. Mm-hmm. All right, we all. We're all on the Cowboys winning. So if the Cowboys win against Cleveland at home, that puts them at 2-2, two and two, and we'll keep them in first place in the NFC East. That's Danny McCray. It's Barry Church. I'm Newey Scruggs. We appreciate you checking out the Players' Lounge. And tell somebody about it. Retweet it, baby. Retweet it on Facebook. Tell other people about this fun podcast. We appreciate you. We'll chat with you on Monday at 2.30 on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?